I'm gonna read some lyrics to a song. I'm not gonna sing it, you're welcome, okay? Do you remember, does it even matter? Will this all tell a story or will it just be a big blur? Will all the sor sorrow be glory tomorrow? That's a song called, Does It Even Matter? And, and my friend Avery shared that song with me. Um, I mentioned, you know, as we were walking through this, that uh, my life's been, you know, mountains and valleys. Amen, everyone has. We've all been there. This last year or so, pretty deep, dark one, pretty long valley for me. Um, and, and, and I was reminded this week of that song because in some of the darkest days of my valley, my friend sent me a song. Sometimes that's all it takes, right? Just somebody to say, I see you and I know you're there. I don't know what your valleys have looked like. I don't know if you are in one right now. I suspect that you understand how that feels to just feel like, is this, does this just matter? You know, like what's the point? I watched my best friend breathe her last breaths. Two days later, my stepdad was diagnosed with terminal cancer. We walked that journey. Five months later, he was in heaven. Four months later, my other best friend went to be with Jesus. There were so many days that I felt hopeless, so many wrestling matches with God. I walk with a limp now because of all the wrestling, you know? Why, how long, how does this even matter? You probably have these lists too. I'm not unique. We live a life, it's the human condition, we've established that. We live a life where we struggle and it's hard and we don't get all the answers we want, amen? And yet, we have this book of Habakkuk telling us that God is trustworthy, that he is sovereign over all of it, that we can wait and we can watch and we can trust him. How is that even possible? It's okay to ask that question. It's okay to wrestle with that. I feel like if there's anything that we walk away from Habakkuk with, it's understanding, right? That it is okay to wrestle with God and walk with a limp, amen? We need to know that it all matters, right? So, so here's what I thought. This is how I thought we'd do today. We're gonna rewind and re recap a little bit, okay? We're gonna look back at what we've covered over these last however many weeks this has been, and we've looked at these three chapters of Habakkuk. Some have been very bumpy and brutal, right? Some have been beautiful and amazing, but all were included for a purpose. What is it? Why does it matter? If you have your Bible, open it up. We're gonna look at Habakkuk one through three. We're gonna move fast. So I'm gonna start in chapter one. You're gonna remember some things, I have a feeling. We need to know, we need to take a look back. Well, chapter one, remember Habakkuk, this is a vision. This is an oracle. He's a prophet. He is God's mouthpiece, but it's a little unique. He's not just telling people things. God is letting him experience this dialogue, this vision that he's gonna then share, remember? So verses, chapter one, verses two through four, Habakkuk starts out complaining. Do you remember the punctuation? Yeah, no? Remember? How long, O oh Lord, must I call for help? But you do not listen. He's like yelling at God, right? It's not passive. This is not sweet and precious. This is not you know, needle point on a pillow. This is, I am mad and I am confused. This is me several months ago. <laughs> it's okay. 
How long? How come? Wickedness had taken over and he's saying, hey God, where are you? Anyone? Don't raise your hand. We know, right? We know the times we're living in and we are asking the same questions. Where are you? You can bring your questions and your complaints to him. Habakkuk did. He showed us how. Use, use punctuation, you know? Well, verses five through 11, God does what? He replies, doesn't he? Does he answer the why? Does he answer the how come, how long? Does he answer that specifically? No, you know what he does? He says, this is who I am and this is what I'm about to do. I'm about to God show off and roll up my sleeves and show you something that you have no idea, you could never expect. I love that in that first chapter, I mean, verse five, it says, look around at the nations, look and be amazed for I am doing something in your own day, something you wouldn't believe even if someone told you about it. Now, what we know now is it wasn't good news, right? <laughs> it was God saying, you're not gonna believe it because I'm gonna use these dirty, nasty Babylonians and they're gonna take you down and it's coming and it is inevitable and it's all filtering through my hands. And Habakkuk is like, question mark over his head, right? He has no idea how to deal with this. So he comes back at God. I think about um, this little section in verses five through 11 where God's replying. You know what that tells me, reminds me? That he always hears. And that he's always just, even when I don't like the plan, right? Verses 12 through Chapter two, verse one, Habakkuk then comes back and in my Bible, it says Habakkuk's second complaint. Anybody like to complain? <laughs> I am so, I'm like a professional complainer. I feel like God is like, you are so, so good at this. So is Habakkuk, right? He comes back and he says, yeah, but, right? He goes into, he's a little snarky, let's not lie, remember? This is when he gets a little, he has like a couple of rhetorical questions, he's doing a couple of things and you're like, easy, you know? But God can handle it, he's God. And so Habakkuk comes at God in verse one, I mean, excuse me, in, in the beginning of this section, it's this poetic speech where he's questioning God. He's saying, this is who you are. Surely you're not planning to wipe us out. Like, surely this is not your plan. Surely you misspoke, But then I love the way he ends this first complaint because in verse one of chapter two, what does he say? But I will climb on the watchtower and I will stand at my guard post. There, there I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. You see, it's not if he will answer, it's how. It's not wait and see if God's paying attention, if he's involved. It's I know he is, I just maybe don't like it watching and waiting, even when it doesn't make sense. The second reply in chapter two, verses three through 20, I love the first couple of verses there. It's God basically saying, write it loud and proud, right? He's like, make it shareable, tell the world, make it to where anybody that's running by it can see it and know this is what I want them to understand. It's a tornado warning, not a watch, remember? <laughs> this is happening. I want you to tell everybody they need to know. Verse four is the key to the whole thing. I would maybe say even the key to the whole entire book. Look at the proud. They trust themselves and their lives are crooked. But the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. 
You know, interestingly, there's no like um, little parenthetical phrase at the end that says the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God when God does what he is supposed to do, according to Chris, when he obeys and is obedient to Chris, right? Then say that. Because faithfulness to God is not conditional upon what our circumstances are, amen? I think, I, I, I think we're gonna see that when I'm gonna go through a couple examples in just a minute, and I want you to think about your stories. Think about your last 18 months like mine. That my faithfulness to God was not dependent on whether or not my friend was healed this side of heaven or that side of heaven, amen? God's second reply goes on and he says in verses six through 20, he goes through those five woes. Remember that? We were talking about those five woes were basically God like confirming how bad these dudes were. The Babylonians are bad guys and here's why and here's what. And yet I can't stop without looking and seeing myself in some of those descriptions, right? We talked about that. Like, where do we, where do we show up worshiping idols? Where do we show up putting ourselves above others? Where do we show up taking advantage of others? He gives the details of the destruction that's coming. He gives the details about the destroyers that are coming, but he doesn't explain why. He just assures them that he will deal with all of it, with all the violence, with all the injustice, all of it. He will deal with all of it. His focus is on making sure that they know to live by their faith and they'll be counted as righteous. You see, God is never inactive or unjust. His ways are not our ways though. In the last chapter, right? Like the, the, like the cathartic you know, crescendo of the music, chapter three. And what was Habakkuk doing? He was singing. He was singing praises to God. He's transformed from a worrier and a watcher and now he is a worshiper and nothing has changed. God has not retracted anything. He hasn't changed what's coming. Nothing has changed except Habakkuk. Isn't that cool? I, I, I mean, if you leave here with nothing else, will you just remember this? that God is sovereign over all of it and he wants you changed, not necessarily your path. Sometimes, you know, I heard that old, that old wives' tale kind of thing and my mom would say this to me. She's not an old wife, let's be cool. Don't tell her I said that. Um, but she would say to me, you know, sometimes God's gotta knock you to your knees to get you to your knees, right? And this is what we're learning here. It's like, it's like God going, yeah, th this is the way it has to happen. I think back to the beginning of, of my little story that I just told you, you know, about my friends and about how they're in heaven. So rude, they're having a party. Gosh, it's loud up there, I'm certain of it. Can't wait to get there. <laughs> but, but, but like I think about all of that and I think, yeah, God, but why, did, why that way? You got those things in your life? You got those things where you're like, but this can't possibly be it. This, this is not it, right? Like you were gonna heal them. He says, but I did. My daughter said to me during that season, she said, hey, mom, I had this moment and I don't know if this was God or if this was just me, but I think it's really good. I'm like, bring it, I need it. And she said, I decided that Amy and Christina had done everything God wanted them to do. And it was time for them to be with Jesus because he wanted them to be rewarded for that. Like, that's beautiful. I don't get it. 
this side of heaven, amen? We don't get it sometimes. Habakkuk did not get it. There's no getting it that happens. It's him praising in spite of it, amen? It's those even though moments that Habakkuk tells us about. No figs and no fields, but the yet moments, the sonic drinks and the deer feet, right? If you weren't here last week, you're probably like, what in the world? <laughs> Go back and watch. Understanding is not required for faith and trust. We can praise him in even those. We can. I am standing here today to tell you that you can. It's not always comfortable. It's not always easy. Does it even matter? Does it even matter? Listen, there are some people in the Bible, and I'm gonna roll through kind of this, this list of dudes that are in the Bible that you've heard of before, and I want you to tell me if what they went through was worth it, okay? Put your story on a shelf for just a minute. Put my story on a shelf, Habakkuk even, and let's listen to what these fathers of the faith went through, and you tell me if it matters. Abraham, Genesis 11, you can go back and look at his story. He doubted God's plan, he cheated, and he lied. You know what God did through him? He was the father of God's people. God made him promises and he packed him up and God took him, even though Abraham didn't understand what was going on, even though he didn't know where he was going, he followed and he was obedient. James 2.23, you know what James 2.23 calls, calls Abraham? God's friend. How about that for a title? Joseph, there's another guy in the Old Testament, back, keep going left, in Genesis chapter 37. One of my favorite stories, but you know what about jo Joseph is interesting? He was, he was a little bratty, amen? Anybody, can we agree on that? He was a little prideful. He, was a little, he would have driven me crazy if he was my brother. He was dad's favorite, but he infuriated his brothers, didn't he? And then they tried to murder him. And then he was enslaved for years and years and he was framed and his story seemed hopeless until at the exact right moment, what the enemy meant for bad, God meant for good. And he would be his brother's savior. He would be the agent of forgiveness to them. He would eventually rescue a people group from famine because of what he had to go through. Did it matter? It mattered. Moses, Exodus 1, go check it out. We know the story of Moses, a lot of us. Even if you've never studied your Bible, you know a little bit about it. He escaped Pharaoh's plot to kill all the babies. Remember he was a baby in a basket? Remember that whole thing? But you know what else about Moses that I, I was about to say I love, but that would not be a cool way to say this. But this is what I, this is what I love about God. How about this? That when Moses figured out the story that he was actually an Israelite, and he thought he was being raised in this Egyptian home and he found out and he ends up killing an Egyptian, but he got caught. You see, somebody said to him, hey, I saw what you did. And so he took off and he ran off into obscurity for 40 years and he thought he was just gonna be wandering around in the desert with his new family and his new life and just doing nothing. And then what happened? God spoke to him out of a burning bush and said, you're not done. Do you know how old he was? 80 let me say it again in case you didn't hear it. 80. <laughs> he wasn't done. God chose him and spoke to him and Moses led his people, chatted with God. Remember, he said to God, who am I that you would use me, right? I love Moses. 
And he held up his arms to hold the waters back and his people ended up in the promised land, even though Moses never got to step foot in it himself. Did it matter? David, he grew up a shepherd boy. First Samuel, you can go check out his story. Look in the Psalms, he writes all the things, so many of the Psalms. He abused power and fame and he stole a girl and he killed her husband. But God chose him as king. And you know what else? God named him. You know what he named him? This is wacky. Man after God's own heart. A murderer. He was the writer of Psalms. He taught us how to sing and to mourn and to dance. And you think God can't use your story? You think your story doesn't matter? Well, King Solomon, he was the son of David. You can read about him in 1 Kings. He wrote Proverbs, a lot of Proverbs. He wrote Ecclesiastes. Anybody do that study? Our minds are still spinning from that, right? Well, here's the thing about him. He had everything, everything, you name it. He had wisdom, he had wives, and he had riches, and he had concubines, and he had power and possessions, and it was never, ever, ever, ever enough, ever. And he'd lived to tell us all that it was all vanity. It was all meaningless. And he would go on to build God's temple. Was it useful? Was this life useful? Was it meaningless? Peter, what about Peter in the New Testament? I'm almost done, I promise you. What about Peter? Okay, who loves our wacky little Peter, right? Oh yeah, that hand went up fast. I love Peter, because he was crazy. Go read about Peter in all the gospels. Go read Peter's finest, greatest moment in Acts chapter two. After Pentecost, Peter stood up and he walked into his purpose. But back before that in the gospels, what was he doing? He was running around cutting ears off. He's wild, right? Running on water. But the thing about Peter that he is most famous for is that he boasted and then he denied Jesus. And he didn't just deny Jesus, he did it three times. And he didn't just do it three times, Jesus told him he was gonna do it three times and he did it anyway. Anyone? That's Peter. But God took that impulsive, impetuous dude and he was one of Jesus's three you know, he was the spokesman for the 12, for the, for the apostles. And Jesus called him the rock on which the church would be built in Matthew 16. Jesus saw beyond who Peter was in that moment and he saw who Peter was meant to be in God's perfect plan. Cool, right? It mattered. Paul, Acts 9, heard about Paul? He wrote a lot of letters he writes with a lot of words. Also, he writes just like the longest run-on sentences you've ever seen. So if you go read any of his letters, just put a little asterisk by that. He was a stone thrower and a cloak holder because we believe that he was there when Stephen died for Jesus. Paul was in the crowd. He was probably holding their jackets. He was a Jesus hater until Jesus met him on a road, right? came to him, man, face to face and showed up and said, you will lead the Roman flock. You will be the one. Paul is why we're here, guys. If you are not of Jewish descent, Paul is why you're here because Paul was the one who Jesus converted and changed and he went out and the church spread like wildfire. Did it matter? I think it mattered. He's never, 
inactive or unjust. His ways are not our ways. He, he, he doesn't require understanding for us to trust in him. No, you think all those guys knew all the story and trusted in the whole thing? I can guarantee you they did not. You can bring your questions and your complaints to him. I think about my friend, Christina, I mentioned before that uh, in the last few months of her life, we had some of the coolest conversations. Um, don't waste any moments. Don't waste any words. And she would say to me, I'd be like, hey, so like, I wanna talk about you and, and what you're going through, but like wh what you are focused on, you know, like I, I feel like we all need your story, but it seems a little disingenuous for me to talk about you. You know, I, it feels weird. And she's like, use every minute of it. Use every minute of it. And so I will. It matters. Anything that helps you learn more about the character of God is a blessing. Anything, anything even when bikes wreck, even when cancer steals, even when dads die, even when marriages die or prodigals run or finances disappear or friends fall or changes overwhelm you. Every single one of those things matters because it can bring you closer to God. I am living, breathing proof. Whether you're a hero of the faith or you're just a girl in Flower Mound trying to get through the self-checkout at Target, I don't know. It all matters. Don't think it doesn't. Don't think just because I didn't list your story there that God isn't listing your story there, amen? He's got a plan. I got the, the privilege of talking to a, a girl one time after her dad um, had died by suicide that day and I got a phone call and I got the privilege to sit there and grab that 15 year old face and say, trust me, your story's not over. That's, that's a gift. The things you have lived through, he will use if you will allow it. The things you have lived through, he will continue to pull you closer to him if you will choose it. Listen, um, we're all broken, amen? I need a louder amen. We're all broken. You're all, bro I'm telling you right now, you're all broken. Not just me. But he does his best work with the broken pieces. I wanna challenge you with something. Um, when you leave, like we're wrapping this up, right? This sweet little three chapter, sweet is not a sweet little three chapter thing. It's not, it wasn't sweet, that was a lie. This super um, intense, but also incredibly inspiring three chapters I don't want you to stop learning him, okay? Don't like close the book and put it on the shelf and then like go decorate for Halloween and Thanksgiving and just forget where he's brought you, what he's shown you. I love the fact that we, we un, well, I don't love the fact that we do this, but we underestimate the importance of what he left us with. He, he tells us who he is. When I, whenever you hear people say, well, I just wish God would give me a sign. I wish God would give me a word. Sister, he has. It's here. Don't put it on the shelf. Next week, we're gonna talk a little bit about what that looks like. Like how, how, can, we, how can we keep doing this without meeting here, right? Because we can. So don't stop learning him. And then the other thing I wanna encourage you to do is do this. Um, send some songs. 
send some songs to people. Now, I don't mean literally. You don't have to literally like be Avery and send a song, but let me just encourage you that there are people walking through hard places. And a lot of times those people go silent, amen? We hide in our beds. We tell everyone we're fine, okay? Even if we have a faith in a God that handles everything, it still sometimes seems impossible and unbearable. Don't try to fix, don't try to counsel. How about just be present? How about leave a sonic drink? How about send them a song? Because I'll tell you what, some of the darkest days, one of the coolest things that God did for me, and I don't, yeah, I have great friends like Avery, but I will tell you this, this was God, is that he reminded me that he saw me because he wanted me to know that every single bit mattered. His ways are not our ways. Understanding is not required for faith. Bring your questions and complaints to him. Um, I asked my friend, Avery, to finish this out, um, singing that song that she shared with me. And here's what I want you to know about this. Before, this. before we even chose this book to study, the minute I said, yes, this is it, I texted Avery and I said, you gave me some hope. I wanna give my friend some hope. So I'm gonna pray and then Avery is gonna come out and she's gonna sing. And hey, I think the words will be up there. You don't have to sing. You can if you want. It's fine, she doesn't care. But I just want you to hear this. I want you to receive this and I want you to know that every bit of your story matters. You're not done. You're here today. You're breathing today. He's got purpose. So pray with me, okay? Heavenly Father, um, this has been a wild ride. This, this book is a wild ride. Um, but I see you, and I see your fingerprints, and I know you're in it. And so, Father, thank you so much that you want us to know that every bit of our story, every wrestling match we have with you, every question that seems unanswered, that you see it all, and you're right there, and you never leave. Father, I pray that we feel that today. I feel, even if the circumstances don't change, God, the yet moments of life, I pray that we can understand that you are holding us up. Thank you, Father. It's in your son's name that we pray.
Maybe we never know the full why, but we can trust that it does matter. You are intentional. That you are good. God, even if the only thing we learn in those moments is that you are good, that matters. That if all we learn about in those moments is who you are, and then we get to see you show up, and we get to see you be who you say you are, that that matters. that be the thing that we hold on to? That we just hold on to you? That we hold on to um, all that you say that you are, God? That we learn to trust and rely on that. So God, we thank you for being you. We thank you for all that you say you are.